Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott's Scott Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew Templeton. Matthew, how are we? Yeah, I'm fantastic, mate. How are you? I'm very well, and we're also joined by Tony Wells. Tony, how are we? Hi, I'm good, mate. Yourself? I'm very well, mate. So, Tony, how's your week? Hi, mate. No bad. Just working away. That's the way it is, unfortunately. And, uh, Matt, what about yours? I was alright. Nothing much I've not to say. And you're looking forward to Love Island as per, mate? Of course, all, all the, the fallout from Casa <laughs> 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 What a way to start off a Scottish football podcast, a wee bit of Love Island discussion. <laughs> and Tony just sitting there like, nah, man, right to the football. <laughs> I get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but boys, another week in Scottish football where there was bad refereeing decisions once again. Are you surprised? No, mate, I'm really not. <laughs> I'm honestly like not surprised whatsoever. Same thing every single week, to be honest. So we're just going to dive right in, sit, and we're going to talk about Hamilton versus Celtic. Hamilton won, Celtic four. Um, Matt, Lee Griffiths should have been sent off in the first half. Clear stamp on Woods. What was your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think, I, I have to agree, I think it should have been a great card. Now, I'm not going to be sit here and say, oh, it's pure malicious, he could have seriously hit the Hamilton player. Um, but I think he initiated the contract, he knew exactly what he was doing. It was quite, quite naughty from Lee Griffiths. Um, he just kind of lost his head for a few seconds. So, again, although he could have hurt the player anyway, I think he knew exactly what he was doing by the laws of the game, in my opinion, it should have, should have been sent off. Tony, what were your thoughts on it? I mean, if you look at it back, it probably should have been a red. You know, it was dangerous play. Um, I can, I will defend the referee in that for that one as why he gave a yellow just because of his positioning. But yeah, if you're looking at it and slowed down slow motion, uh, you can clearly see it should have been a red as it was a pretty, uh, as Matt said, a naughty tackle. But yeah, it was unfortunate for Hamilton because they were playing pretty well up to that point as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, obviously. Um, Griffiths there was clear intent there and I, I was I was gobsmacked at how we got away with that and I was like wow that is shocking and Hamilton took the lead Tony and what were you thinking there uh, do we like uh, not impressed with uh, this defending for their goal no I mean it's been a weakness of ours this season like set pieces have not been defended well at all and when that when Hamilton scored I was kind of that way I wasn't really surprised that it was from a set piece and they started the game really well you have to kind of like give that to them but and when when they did score I was just kind of thinking is this going to be one of their days but thankfully for us it wasn't but I didn't start the game too well to be honest us and Matt Hamilton um, got a player sent off. Uh, Jamie Hamilton got sent off. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? He, it looked like he brought down Lee Griffiths, but from my uh, vantage point, in my opinion, I thought um, it was a clear die from Lee Griffiths. It was very soft, and there was not a whole, there was not a whole lot in it. And um, what's your thoughts? Well, my, my initial impression was that Griffiths died, but looking back on it. Um, yes, the defender had his hands on Griffiths, but I still think Griffiths went down a bit too soft, my liking. Like, I'm not saying he full on dived like he did initially, but I think he could have easily stayed up. Um, from my point of view, if, I, if I'm a striker, I want to try and stay up as possible and try and get into a goal position. But, you know, strikers like to, like to go down and try and get free kicks or penalties or whatever, um, which could lead to goals. But, like, the defender did have his hands on Griffiths' back, so any good striker is going to go down and the defender is just asking for trouble when you do that. But I do think Griffiths could have easily stayed on his feet. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, Griffiths, as you said, could have easily stayed on his feet. He knew what he was doing, he was looking for it, and it was very weak, and Celtic, <laughs> they were very lucky there in that aspect, because I don't think it was a red card. I see if there was, if he really brought him down with some real intent and just dragged him down to the ground, then yes, I would say, yes, the Hamilton player should have been sent off. But, Tony, what was your thoughts? I think, can I, Matt, touched upon it, like, when the defender puts his hands on the guy who's kind of threw him goal, it is giving the referee a decision to make, regardless of whether he drags him to the ground or just puts his hand on his back. I just think, from a Hamilton point of view, They'll be kind of angry at the way the kind of inexperienced defender kind of done that, and I just 
Was it enough to go down? Maybe not, but I, again, I just think if you're putting your hands on a striker when he's the wrong goal, you are giving the referee a decision to make. And obviously that led to uh, Celtic's goal with Edward scoring a terrific free kick, it has to be said, but that goal should never have happened because Griffiths should have been off the park because obviously Griffiths went down and that led to Celtic's goal. So yeah, for me, like Celtic got away with, got away with that one, uh, in my opinion. Oh, it's going to happen in football, mate. It happens throughout the season. We're on the receiving end. Other teams are on the receiving end. It's just football, unfortunately, especially the inconsistency of refs up here. You know, that's never going to go away, unfortunately. I know we've spoke on here before about introducing VAR, but let's be honest, mate, it's never going to happen up here. Um, so, Matt, what do you think? Do you think if Griffiths got sent off, do you think uh, Hamilton could have at least took something from the game? It's a possibility, you know. They were playing well. I think Gogic um, played out his skin. Uh, he was, like, getting his head to everything and defended for his life. But the tenor of did absolutely change the game. And Celtic just went into a different level from then. But if if he didn't get it sent off, could have seen Hamilton winning the game? No. Could have got a point? I think it is possible. But um, the... There's no, there's no doubt in the sending off that did absolutely change the game, and I don't think it, it was a yellow, if, if at absolute most possible, I feel, but definitely not red. Yeah, if it, see for me, mate. Like I'm going to say something controversial here. Like, see right up until. Hamilton got that red card they were the better team I thought they were playing some decent stuff and obviously they were winning so they could have easily went on and took something from the game Tony what do you think? I think well yeah they certainly did start the game better and obviously they got their early goal so I know what you're saying mate. it is a possibility but I just have to ask you though like, if, if that was an old firm game and say one of your strikers was through on goal and would, would you expect a red card or would you just be angry that you know, would, would you just be demanding a red? Hey, Matt, I'll let you take this one. Well, I'd like to think that I'd be fair and look at it like I'd have with um, this example. But I don't know, like, old form, like, your emotions get better of you, of course they do, but I'd like to think that I'd have the same same view. You know what it's like, but mate, all morals go out the window in an old firm game. So if that, I'll be honest, if that was given against me in an old firm game, I'd be going after my nut as well. Like, I would be shouting and balling. Yeah, no, definitely. I think in old firms you, you, you want everything to go your way. Um, but no, I, I probably would agree, but I'd like to think my emotions would get the better of me, but uh, they probably most definitely would. There's not no chance. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, what do you make about uh, Lee Griffiths' uh, Lee Griffiths, sorry, uh, appeal um, for, like, for him to get uh, a ban? What do you make of that getting thrown out? Are you even surprised? Absolutely not. I mean... Well, what can you say? Is he like you always know what's going to happen? Like, yes, if I'm not going to say they're corrupt or whatever, but they're corrupt. <laughs> um, no, honestly, it's I, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all. Are you? No, I'm really not, mate. <laughs> I'm really not because we always say everything week we want consistency, and we're not getting that in uh, Scottish football, Tony, which is extremely infuriating. I do agree, mate. There is a real lack of consistency in Scottish football, and it is such a pain for everybody. Like, another example was there was a stamp on Brown the other night in the Motherwell game, and nothing was said of it. There's been zero, like, zero words spoke about, about it at all. So I think that is a bit of a joke, to be honest, the whole inconsistency. Spot, well, let's talk about Celtic's performance overall. Were you very impressed with it? Because like, right after the red card, Celtic did go on to win the game comfortably and win it in very convincing fashion. Uh, well, I think they, they certainly improved when uh, the Hamilton, Hamilton went down to um, 10 men, which obviously is expected. But, uh, I mean, look, mate, it's one of those ones that was an awkward one and I did honestly feel it could have went either way from the before the red card I really did it was one of those ones I just felt this could not be our day here but thankfully luck just kind of went in our favour that day but as for the performance maybe the last half an hour I was satisfied with but the majority of the game nah I wasn't to be honest Mm -hmm. and uh, Edward it has to be said he had a fantastic game and we all know how good Edward is and he had a fantastic night uh, against Motherwell so he did on Wednesday night, what did you make of uh, that performance as a whole? Uh, beating Mullerwell 4-0, for, for me, I have to say, uh, like going to Mullerwell, it's a tough ground to go to, and Celtic won in convincing fashion. I think we did, mate, and I think 
that was some of the best football I saw us playing against Motherwell the other night as I have all season I think Edward in particular and Callum McGregor were two they were the two standout players by far they were absolutely unplayable uh, I think we would we know how bad we are and how much we rely on both of them as players you know if they're not in the team so it was I was honestly expecting a really tough game against Motherwell. I thought if we were going to win, we would have had to really dug deep. But thankfully, you know, we just we got a wee bit fortunate with the first goal, getting a wee break of the ball. But I think from that point on, getting an early goal really cemented the way it was going to go. Matt, were you surprised at how poor Motherwell were on the night? Yeah, I think they were very poor in their last game. Mm-hmm. Um, they, only, they only had one shot the whole game, so I'm not surprised... You could say, maybe I could have been surprised judging on their season, but I, I, I'm not. I think Motherwell, that last game was really, really dreadful and coming up against the champions, um, I think it was only going to go one way. And although, to be fair, I think Motherwell did have their chances. Um, they obviously didn't take them. I think Celtic were totally dominant and Motherwell, like, Celtic weren't in any danger of dropping any points, I don't think. Yeah, because... I honestly... Oh, I just I don't think Motherwell actually played that badly, so especially the first half. I thought they were pretty. They moved the ball about. They were creating a couple of chances, as Matt said. I think they were just unlucky that Celtic were kind of in just a different level on the night. But I don't think they were that bad. On another night, mate, we would have got beaten the way Motherwell were playing. Yeah, no, I, I can see where you're coming from there. Like they did play well, um, but. Judging on the last game and Celtic are in good form at the moment, I was only expecting one result. Um, but no, I, I do think when we did, credit credit to did have their chances. And I think that Rolando Aarons is a very good signing for them. I think he'll be a key player. But um, I just couldn't see past Celtic in that game. Yeah, and as you said, Matt, <clears throat> as you just touched on, that result against Livy was really poor for uh, Motherwell. They did not turn up whatsoever. And as you said, mate, one shot they had all game against Livy. And yes, we've spoken about Levy's pitch many, many times on this podcast, but we all need to deal with it. And like for them to go up to the Tony Macaroni Stadium and put in that kind of performance, it's simply not good enough. No, it's not. And like Livingston are a good side, but we all know that. Um, ever since Gary Holtz came in, they've they've been fantastic. Um, but Motherwell, you know, coming into that game, are in decent form. You know, third in the table, um, beating beating Aberdeen the other week. So. I, w- I wasn't expecting a much better performance, but um, you know, gotta, I think you got to give credit to Livingston as well for that. And uh, Tony, uh, Motherwell signed Tony Watt uh, today actually on a deal until the end of the season. What's your thoughts on that? The guy said more clubs than I've had hot dinners. Like genuinely, man, I think what age is he? Like he's still only like twenty five or something. Like he's not that old. If I'm no wrong. Wasted potential. That's what the kid is, mate. Wasted potential. He is, mate. Like Tony Watt was a cracking player. Like I just, it was obviously we all know he's had an attitude problem. I think that's cost him potentially a decent career. But I mean, who knows? He could do an alright job for Motherwell if he, like you know gets his head down. But I can only he's only there to the end of the season, so no doubt he's going to be moved on. Mate, do you want to hear how many clubs he's played for? And he's twenty six, right? Twelve clubs he's played for, and he's twenty six. Aye, it's no, it's a, you can, uh, there's no really any words there needed. Oh, okay, no, Tony, um, no, Tony, um, Matt, what's your thoughts on Tony Watt returning to Scottish football for, I think, the, the fourth time? <laughs> I mean, like, like Tony said, he definitely had potential. I think, was it St. Johnson, he actually done quite well? He, yeah, he'd, he'd done okay, and then he went to, I think it was Russia. I think it, he went, I think, I, hold on, I'll tell you right now, he left St. Johnston. And he went to, no, I think it was Bulgaria he went to. Uh, it was Bulgaria he went to and it didn't work out I there at all. I something, right. But, um, no, honestly, I think if he does kind of replicate somewhat of the St. Johnson form, I think he'll do all right for Motherwell. Um, but the fact he's on a contract at the end of the season suggests that Motherwell are not too sure about him, so they're going to give him this chance to prove himself. And if he does, if he does prove himself, he'll be, be a... a, a probably come in to be a key player for, 
from a little bit. I don't know, I think he's got a bit of an attitude problem, so if he sorts that out, he could do well, but I'm not expecting big things. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I let you go, Tony, because I, I know I'm seeing you tonight for a few games of FIFA, and I'll pump you at that, as I always do. <laughs> aye, aye, Scott. Do you, want, do you want the listeners to know the score? <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Tony, before you go, I need to bring this up. Um, just a wee comment you made last week on the pod saying that you feel as though El Hamid is the, the best fullback in the country, even though he's played four league games. And at the weekend, I think you made uh, some sort of a retraction on that statement. So would you like to do it publicly? You know the fact, mate, I did not retract anything. I stand by what I said and I will prove that, uh, sorry, I think his potential will see shine through this season. Your I quote, admit it, mate. Mate, your quote last week was, El Hamid is the best fullback in the country, mate. Right, he cannot be saying something as ludicrous as that when he's played four league games. Four league but games. Scott, you're just you're just judging him on like what you've saw of him in the league. I've saw him in Europe, and he will shine as a player, mate. He will. But the, the, you see what you're saying, right? You're saying, right? Obviously, you're entitled to your opinion, <clears throat> but you could at least rephrase it and say. I think he has potential to be the best fullback, but you said he is currently, right now, at this present moment, the best fullback in the country, which is not true whatsoever. Yes, he's a decent player, but he cannot be saying something like that after four league games. I'll say, mate, I'm standing by my opinion, but come on, I'm not retracting it. Matt, what's your thoughts on this? Um, I, I, I have to... <laughs> Don't get involved, Matt. Hold on, hold on, Tony, let, let the big man speak. <laughs> I was, I was technically making a statement on this by saying Tav was the best fullback in, in the league. So I, I, I stand by that. I think Tav is the best fullback in the league. And as I said, really, El Hamid could go on to prove otherwise. But as a week, See, Barisic, mate. Tav. Barisic is comfortably better than El Hamid. I know uh, that it's like they play in two different positions, but they're both fullbacks, right? Like, obviously, one's left, one's right. But come on, right? Barisic, defensively fantastic, going forward fantastic, he offers a lot more than Ohamid. yes Ohamid defensively is very sound, but Barisic offers more and he can defend, right, and Tony, for me, it's my opinion, he cannot be saying he's the best fullback in the country after four league games. Was it not right back I said mate, I didn't say fullback. I'm put, was it, well, I'm, was it not fullback, I'm, well we need to go back and listen to it right, but even if you're saying right back, Tavenier's comfortably better than him. Tav is a fraud of a player, mate. I have this argument with you all the time, mate. He is a fraud of a player. I, I have to disagree, mate, because see, on like <sighs> seeing Wednesday night, you seen the difference down that right hand side when he when he came back into the team. Tavenier going forward is sensational, and he is improving on his defensive abilities. And for me, like for me, like I think you and I have two different. Uh, like we, we see fullbacks differently but for me I want a fullback that can go forward get involved in attack I am all for the modern day fullback I'm all for the modern day fullback mate but you also need to defend as well you can't just go forward you need to defend especially in Europe mate and you will get you will be, you will be undone in Europe as a couple of times Tav has cost Rangers a couple of goals in Europe and I just think you cannot play like that at that level like as I said, defensively, yes, he can be shaky at times, but he just offers so much more to the team in the sense of assist, uh, goals. He's he's very key in that uh, aspect. And we see recently since he's not been in the team, he's been out injured. We've Matt, you've seen it as well, mate. We've missed Tavernier greatly, and it see when he came back into the team on Wednesday night, it was a breath of fresh air. No, it, it was. I mean, we could obviously Paul well coming in, but he's, he's not. He's, he's nowhere near Tav's level. I think Tav can see difference. Having our captain back, um, he was a real threat going forward. And like you said, he's, he's improved ma- massively defensively. So I think he is comfortably for me the best. But between him and Barisic, I think Barisic should like like him on this season. I think Tav's proved over a number of seasons now. So Tav the other night, like you said, came on uh, Saturday game, so it showed showed what why he's why he's um, so highlighted. Also, Tony, I need to say right. El Hamid is 28. He is 28, right? Uh, but do you think... Right, this, is, this is when he's in his peak years right now. Do you honestly believe that going forward... he? No, I'm not I'm talking about going forward in an attacking sense. I'm talking about in the future that this guy could really be the best fullback in the country or the, or the best right back. Well, the problem is, mate, and I said this to you the other day as well, 
right backs are kind of weak link in Scottish football. There's not really that great right back. So if in the league, I absolutely. Because who else is there? There's Tav, Stephen O'Donnell. You know, like what's your level of good right back in Scotland right now? So I, I'm not saying he will become like a world class right back and be the best in the world, but in Scotland, absolutely, I. Yeah. We'll agree to disagree, big man, and that's what football is all about. <laughs> of course, mate, of course, everybody's got different opinions. I know, and is there anything else you want to bring up, Tony, before uh, you head off and I'll be up at your house to destroy you at FIFA very soon? Nah, mate, I'll, but I'll hold you to that, man. We'll, I'll let the listeners know next week how the FIFA results go as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, so... Uh, Tony, well, we'll speak to you soon, big man. Catch you soon, mate. Cheers again. So moving on, and we are joined by Josh Freer, who's making his return to the podcast. Josh, how are we? I'm all right, mate. Yourself? I'm very well, mate. So, Josh, you were at the rangers Aberdeen game on Saturday, and the uh, Rangers drew now now. Um, what did you make of the Don's performance? It has to be said that Aberdeen were very, they, they were very hard to break down. He's frustrated us quite a bit. Which is infuriating, but what did you make of the Don's performance? It was a classic, <laughs> like, ten men behind the ball tactic that Derek McInnes always uses against Rangers. Yeah, no, I'd agree, mate. Um, what I would say, though, I think it was a better performance than what we saw back in September. Yeah. At Ibrox when we got beat 5-0. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obviously, look, I think a point against a good Rangers team is not too bad, but... Um, I know you've had your dip in form recently, but um, I think I'm quite equally annoyed, to be honest with you, because I think that we could have maybe stole it in the end with the amount of chances we had, especially Cosgrove, you know. But I know you guys can make the same claim because you had plenty of chances as well to win it. I, I, have, to, I have to disagree with you. To, I just need to disagree with you on one thing that you said. Like, you, when you said the, the amount of chances, there was only four shots Aberdeen had, right? But... You had a you did have a good chance in the first half though. I see, I can see what you're saying in the first half when Cosgrove was clean through, and then he just took too much of a heavy touch, and that could have been a game changer at that point because the way the game was going, mate, it looked like we were not going to get a goal, and like obviously we never scored. But if you uh, took the lead in the first half through Cosgrove, that I think you probably would have went on to win it. Uh, well, you also got the cross <clears throat> that happened straight away that I felt like um, he ended up like going with his right foot. I don't know if you mind that, but he completely mishit it. Well, he didn't hit it at all, really, when he should have gone in for his left foot. But no, apart from that, I think a draw at the end of the day is a fair result, you know. Matt, what did you make of uh, Rangers' performance? Uh, I thought we were... Um... Extremely poor. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be around the bush. I think we were poor. I don't think we we done enough with the ball. Like Aberdeen just sat back. We didn't really trouble the defence too much. It was quite quite easy for them. Um, it was quite. It was quite. It was quite boring actually. If I'm going to be honest, it was it was nothing to excite me. It was nothing like oh we could have got a chance or they could save or whatever. It was just very. A very um, weak performance, I think. Yeah, like we were, we didn't have any ideas whatsoever. There was no plan B. And as we just said, like Aberdeen, the last time we came to Ibrox, we got beat 5 0. And I think Gerard should have known, he should have, sorry, he should have knew uh, that Aberdeen were going to line up the way they did and frustrate us and have 10 men behind the ball. And this time round, Aberdeen did have a few like key players back. And uh, also, also, another thing I need to say, Matt, is. The referee's performance was shocking. Like, how was Cosgrove not booked throughout that game? Like, eight fouls, eight or nine fouls he committed and not one booking. And th- that's the thing, though. The re- receive it any time we play against Aberdeen and see the way they're going to set up. Referees need to be aware of it because they're going to be very physical, they're going to frustrate us and they're going to kick us off the park, which they effectively done on Saturday. No, I know. Like, that was honestly one of the... I know there's been many... Terrible performances this season and um, in Scottish football, and there'll, there'll be many more. But that was honestly seeing obviously we were there in the flesh, we saw it with our own eyes how absolutely dire um, Dallas was. Like, I, I don't know how you can justify that. Like, it was absolutely awful. They were, like you said, throwing tackles left, right, and centre, not even good ones. Should have been filled. Corsco should have been sent off. Like, and um, 
the keeper should uh, Joe Lee should have been sent off because he got booked for time wasting and then he went down injured well he wasn't actually injured and the ref was pointing to his watch so he should have got booked again yep exactly so I, I just I just I just, I, I just I'm lost for words at this point mm-hmm. and Ryan Kent uh, do you think Ryan Kent's done enough um, for seven million, absolutely not. Um, I know he he has he does create goals as well. He creates space for others with his movement. But I'd expect a bit more from him. And I was actually thinking about this like um, last couple of days. I'd maybe drop him the next game or two just to say like you're not like a permanent staple in the team. Like if you're not doing well, you're at my team. Um, but I know he's spending money on him, so we're going to play him every week. But he's not done enough for me recently. Obviously, he scored against Celtic, which was a great goal. But apart from that, he's not really. Done much since then. See if I'm being honest, mate. Um, <clears throat> I'm not gonna go, like, go too hard on Ryan Kent here, right? I'm not gonna criticize him too much, but I feel as though he's trying too hard. If you know what I'm saying, like he's trying too hard to like make things happen, and he's overthinking it quite a bit. And recently, his decision making has been really poor. No, I get, I get where you're, get you where you're coming from. I think. Uh... He is trying hard. Obviously, he's a Premier Rangers player now, and he wants to, he wants to play with the badge and impress. But I think he needs to relax a little, play his natural game, and it'll happen for him. Because that's the thing. I think that's where he plays best when he's just kind of relaxed and doing his thing rather than trying to overthink it. Yeah, and Davis and Kamara, they were poor again. As we said, they were poor again. Davis yeah, was ve- Davis was very quiet. Kamara was just not at it whatsoever. And I mean, I Kamara. What's been going on with him recently? Like it's it's like he's 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 completely shot off any confidence right now. It is like I think Davis is just a I think I starting with Davis, I think Davis is just tired at the moment. He did have that shot in the first half, which was an excellent save by Joe Lewis. Um, it has to be said. But apart from that he didn't really do much. He, like I just think he was tired. I think he needs a rest. But as for Kamara, he's just went totally off the boil. And I think I said that last we can afford he looks like a fifty thousand pound player from Dundee. He's not like a five six mil player that we that we think he is. Yeah. Um, he's just been quite lazy on the ball. He's been like, he was obviously at fault for the, the goal against Hearts and he nearly like, caused a goal against Aberdeen. But wait, he's just too. He's too. He's too. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's too lazy in the ball. He's too like you know. Not he's quite recently. Yeah, too casual. That's what I'm looking for. He's too casual in the ball, and he just needs to. Maybe more aware of what's around him. Um, I think he has a good pair, but I think um, he needs drop and obviously going to drop in the next game. Mm-hmm. And <clears> has <throat> to be said, Matt Ojo. What was Steven Gerrard thinking, Matt, when he brought Ojo on? Like, like, it's not like Ojo was going to be a game changer for us. It's not like it's going to make changes when it's not. No, you need to change the system. Not a like for like change, which happened in Ojo. If you're going to do a like for like change, you want someone better than Ojo coming on. Ojo, like I, I, we were, I was right behind the goal with we were attacking that half, and he honestly he would run to the byline to put the ball out of play. A simple three yard pass, he put out a play twice, and he's just he just got I think he's shot a confidence. Obviously, in his first seven games, he had three goals and four assists. I make another way about, but anyway, he was quite productive in his first seven games. But ever since then, he's it's just absolutely totally dried up, and he's. He's awful. He really is awful. Yeah. Um, Josh, I was saying to you on Saturday after the game in the pub that I am convinced that there's got to be some sort of clause in Ojo's contract where he has to play a certain amount of games. Jinx or anyway? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Like, Matt, Matt, I was, Matt and I, I think you and I both agreed on that, Matt, that there's got to be some sort of cause in that contract because Gerard's a very smart individual. He knows football, legend of the game, box office, right? Fantastic manager as well. But surely he like he cannot think that Ojo was going to come on uh, come on and start then actually change the game up. Or does, he, or like, does he actually think that Ojo's a good player? Like, it baffles me. I'd take him at Aberdeen anyway, maybe. <laughs> the actual. Honestly, yeah, probably, probably would, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I, I know, especially for the heights of Rangers, like maybe there's obviously a lot more expected of him. But I think if you're coming to a team like Aberdeen, I think anyone can make an impact, really. <laughs> Oof, yeah. I think it's like he's not even creating chances. Putting the ball out of play from three yard passes, he's he's run the ball out of play from over an hour. I just, I just, 
And also, Matt, um, like I know Ojo's playing, like obviously, like he's he's contracted to Liverpool, right? Huge, huge club, and he's playing for Rangers right now. But I don't think Ojo has the mentality to play for a big club. I really don't. Like, see. If he was to go, believe it or not, I'm this, right? See, if he was to go somewhere like in English League One, somewhere where there's not going to be a lot of scrutiny on him, maybe he could actually have a decent career, but I don't think he has uh, what was, what, the mentality to play for a big club. I don't think he can deal with scrutiny and the pressure. No, I have to agree. I, th- I think he, he doesn't have that mentality. I think he crumbles under pressure. I think. The 50, when he does something wrong with 50,000 fans more at him that gets them but the top players use that to find them like listen I'm going to, I'm going to get on, on side with these fans I'm going to prove them wrong and get that so I get that goal but I think that just goes to his head and he crumbles yeah and just one thing that really did annoy me is the fact we didn't have any plan B Gerard didn't know how to really change the game up or like we had to change the system and he brought on Hattie <coughs> pardon me he brought on Hadji, and Hadji did look good, but at that point, I think the game's already it was already gone at that point because Aberdeen were just like, as I've said earlier, they had ten men behind the ball, they were kicking us off the park, and it was just the game was already set in stone for a draw. And Camberry came on. I don't think he had a lot of time to really make an impact in the game, Matt. No, to be fair, when he came on, he looked lively. He was running about. He was trying to make an impact, but he just didn't have enough time. Um, Hadji, you know, he, from that uh, small cameo against Aberdeen, he certainly showed his quality. But no, I think Gerard did, like he didn't have a plan B. I think he should have changed that a lot earlier because I think you can see the part of, of the game from the first whistle. And I think maybe 55th, 60th minute, if it's still not going our way, that's when you look to change your system. But yeah, I think it was poor, poor game management from Gerard. Yeah, and I think right now, mate, um, I think it just shows how much we miss Ryan Jack in our midfield. Just Ryan Jack is the glue of our midfield. He is what makes a difference in our midfield. For me, he is comfortably our best midfielder. And as I said, you can see the difference when he's not playing. And the sooner he's back, the better, mate, because this Rangers team needs a Ryan Jack. No, definitely. I think, like you say, he provides so much for that midfield. He tracks back and he's added to his game now, like, go forward effectively with goals and assists. So we definitely, definitely missed him. Um, but, you know, I think hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that's a sign that maybe we're not hopefully too reliant on him. But, um, no, I think he definitely, like, just he comes back the better. So when do you, do you know when he's coming back? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's still out for a few weeks yet, but hopefully, hopefully it's not um, too distant. But I think, I don't think he's Quite ready yet. And uh, Josh, I was saying after the game, right? I put a wee tweet up saying that, um, uh, like all these Rangers fans, like, act, like we're, we're overreacting in my opinion, saying, yeah, the league title's done. That's it. So I was like, going to go on and win the league. We bottled it, this and that. And I was like, no, right, calm down, right. This is a total knee jerk reaction. Still a long way to go. Celtic going to drop points, and we've got a game in hand. All we need to do is just make sure we don't drop points. And uh, as I, I'm sticking by that, it was a total knee-jerk reaction. But what do you think, Josh? Cause, because if I recall right, um, I think you were saying Saturday that you still think Rangers can go on and win this title. Yeah, definitely. No, I would say for the, some of the fans for Rangers, uh, it's over an overreaction. Mind you, it's only a draw. So you still got a point out of it. But I know, like, obviously for the likes of a club like yours, you demand three points every game. So there's always is going to be that kind of reaction if you drop a few. But no, I'm still confident that it'll go down to the wire. I mean, I'm, I know you have a game in hand and I don't know how many points Celtic are ahead of you. So is it like five or something like that? So, I think it's uh, seven. But if we were a game in hand, it goes down to four. I know. Uh, so obviously uh, there's like, what, two old firm games left. So, and obviously I think we, well... I know our record against Celtic isn't any good, so but hopefully, like we can derail them for you, or because I know we still need to play use one more time. So, but mm-hmm. I still think it'll go down to the wire, you know. Mm-hmm. And see, Matt, the next time we play Aberdeen at Petardry, I'm standing by this, mate. I, 
I don't care how good our form is. I still think we need to set up differently when we play Aberdeen because I hate saying this, right? But I feel like teams have figured figured us out in a sense, and then Dennett McInnes has actually got a decent record against Steven Gerrard. No, he does. And I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I think if we can break teams down, what we should do is give them the ball for like five ten minutes, give them a false sense of they've got into the game and they've run out of ideas. So then they try and attack us, then hit them in the junior when their space open. I think that's an avenue we should go down rather than try to... Obviously, we want to dominate the ball. But if it's not working, you can't break teams down. Give them the ball. Make them think they're, on, they're doing well, then hit them on the counter. So I think that could be could be a, a sneaky wee tactic. Yeah, because as we've alluded to earlier on, <laughs> Aberdeen are not going to change their style of play when they play against us. <laughs> and Josh, I have to say, mate, I do feel sorry for you. Like, the, the fact that you need to watch this utter dross football every week. <laughs> oh, it's terrible, mate, honestly. Oh, it's terrible. It's just Mike Kinnis' tactics, you know, playing, playing players who are attacking-minded too deep, you know. And just trying to grind out results the best we can. It's just a pure anti-football stance, you know. Um, I was at the game during the week against like uh, St Johnson, and no matter the amount of chances we created, we got nowhere near the goal, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aye, but, but see what that must have been a real like stinger for you losing to St Johnson at Petardry. Yeah, that's my point. Though, yeah, because the thing that's happened, like, like every time we've. Well, I think the last two times we had drawn against you is the following game, we've ended up losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think from what I can remember, when we drew against you in December to each at Pataudry, we, we went on to go lose to Hibs 3-0. Now it's a recurring theme when we're getting beat off a team that's even more in the league, St Johnson, at home, mm-hmm. mind you. So it just lets you, the fans down, etc. So... There is a definite element of our raising our game against you, as you know. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I was watching the highlights earlier on, by the way, and I was even getting bored watching them. Like, seven shots Aberdeen had throughout that whole game, and it just looked like an absolute, it just looked like an absolute rotten game of football, like, overall. And see, when I mean, I'm looking at this Aberdeen team right now, there's, there's no players in that team I would be like, yeah, I want that player in my Rangers team. Like... Maybe, maybe Cosgrove actually, but that's that's like pushing it, mate. That's like really pushing it. Um, and see, young uh, Kennedy, uh, what do you make of him? Like, uh, in my opinion, I don't think he done a whole lot in Saturday against us. But it seems like uh, we've touched over this many times. But it seems like Aberdeen in the final third are just really struggling to do anything right now. It's, as you said, anti-football. That's what it is from Aberdeen. And it's just, it seems like McInnes is content on just, like, edging games out by scoring one at one goal and then, then just sitting back. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, like, on what you were saying about Cosgrove, like, see, honestly, I would, ugh, he's dire. I think he's so bad at the turn of the year. I don't think we've scored a goal in, like, 300 odd minutes. Jeez, old. So, and the only goals we got was a penalty against Dumbarton. So it just shows you there's no, there's a lack of goals we've got. We've got no attacking threat. If Cosgrove isn't performing, no one else in the pitch is going to perform really when you think of it. Yeah. We don't have any goal scoring midfielders. Um, on Matty Kennedy, I mean, there's only, what, two games we've properly seen him, two, maybe three games we've seen him play. I'd still like to give the boy time. But on Wednesday, he was the only like threatening player we really had. Uh-huh. Um, so I still think there's better things to come from him. It's just, like you say, like we've gotten... It's just pure anti-football we were setting up. And obviously it doesn't help. We've got a crap defence with McKenna and Taylor, you know. <laughs> what do you think the Sabadine team is missing right now, mate? Like, what do you think? Do you think... It was touched over it before that... Yeah, I think McInnes' time is 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 to, as far as he, as, as he can, and his time is probably up. But do you think it's the the style of play that is the main issue at Aberdeen right now, and not the, like the players you, that that you've got around you? Uh, well, I think we're lacking goals definitely. I mean, we can't always rely on Cosgrove, and the thing is with Cosgrove, right? See. 
he can be a good player when he wants to be, but see when you know he's been a bad player, you'll definitely know all about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I do think we're lacking a certain element, like like that attacking midfield role. Like he's playing Dylan McGeoch and players like Hedges way too deep, like in the middle of the field, which mm-hmm. McInnes has set out. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of both, being honest with you, mate. Um, and the thing is with McInnes, I just don't trust the players he brings in there because to, with his tactics and the way he sets up the team, they don't go hand in hand, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I actually seen Derek McInnes's uh, comments. Uh, I think it was yesterday, actually. And he, <laughs> well, I don't know what you make of this, Josh, right? But McInnes said that Aberdeen are not far away from finding form. <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> Far from it. I don't <laughs> he's just he's just trying to say what he can just to try and keep his job, you know. But um, oh, I don't know where to begin with him. I mean, it's just annoying because obviously we've touched on it before. Again, a draw against Rangers at Ibrox, you would think that maybe we would kickstart something, get something fresh in, something new. But it's a sobering result getting beat off St Johnson at home, you know, and it's you're just scut- you're starting from square one again, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean, mate, and uh, I just don't see it getting any better for like Aberdeen or their fans right now. It's just I feel like you're stuck in a rut, and as you said, you don't trust any of the players who he brings in, so that speaks volumes of how like like I, I, it speaks volumes, and also like I, I imagine you're not the only Aberdeen fan who feels this way. Oh, I know. There's there's. <laughs> I would say there's tons of Aberdeen fans who feel this way. That's all. At the game against St Johnson, all I could hear was moans from the fans saying, "Get Ken, get McInnes today," you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, annoying because the way he sets out his team. I mean, because we should. I think at the start of the season, if you look at a team sheet, you would probably think, "Oh, I they they should be challenging for at least third place," but. Right now, the way we've been playing, I wouldn't be surprised if see Livingston or Hibs were to leapfrog us. You know. What's uh, so Matt? Oh, you keep going, Josh. Keep going. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, if we continue the way we're playing right now, like teams like Livingston and Hibs, they'll easily beat us. You know, and obviously overturn us in the table. Um, I think the table can be quite misleading because see, even right now, I reckon teams like Hearts could easily beat us. Well, the hearts beat us <laughs> the other week, so <laughs> like, and the recently they, they have actually well, their, I wouldn't say their forms dramatically improved, but they've uh, at least got uh, some points on the board, and I don't think they're eleventh uh, in the. T- uh, sorry, I don't think they're bottom in the league anymore. Uh, uh, did they not lose though? I they lost the I need to double check the table, um, but last time I checked, I think they were like eleventh, but yeah. Um, so Matt, what do you make of Josh's comments here before we move on and talk about Rangers versus Hibs? Uh, no, I think I think Josh has been. Cool. I, I think you, Josh, to be honest, I think if he's saying is true, I think it brings in players who look to be attacking and it brings them deep and defensive. And I was just but when Josh was speaking, I was actually thinking of James Wilson. I thought James Wilson could have been an excellent player. Up, it definitely could have been in Scotland. I've no doubt about that. But I just think Aberdeen sucked out any. Creativity in him because he was just, yeah, McKinnis' yeah, tactics. If he, if he went to like, for example, Hibs or, or something, I think he would have done really well. But um, no, I think McKinnis just so negative. And uh, I think if someone does come in, if he does get replaced, I can't see him get replaced because him and Stuart Milton go are like two best buds. But I think if he does get replaced, he'd bring in like a positive attacking manager. So, uh, move- sorry, see. Is it okay for I Aye, only go me. Like, see the word on James Wilson. No, I'd agree. Like, see, some of the fans would rather like Cosgrove had went over James Wilson, um, because like James Wilson, every time he played for us, he was always out of position. You know, like if you can think of his time at Man United, like way back years and years ago, where he was scoring goals for them in that brief period period of time he was playing up front as a striker wherever McInnes played him he was always out in the wing and he didn't like really have the legs to get by any defenders you know and like there was no link up play with him 
So I don't blame him for wanting to leave for Salford City, you know, because he was always going to be played out of position. He's, they're not going to get the best out of him that way, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you mean, mate. <laughs> so, but in my opinion, though, with Wilson, I was never convinced on him at all. I was never convinced on him. I always thought, like, this guy, he's just not... I've never seen any real quality in him. And his whole tenure at Aberdeen was a failure. And I can see what you're saying about, yeah, the tactics and the system might not have suited him, but I just did not see enough in him for him to, like, have a successful career at Aberdeen. I just don't think they were the, the Aberdeen and uh, Wilson were the right fit. But yeah, we'll need to move on, boys. No, no, like, I get what you mean, obviously. I, I, I don't know, it's a hard one to tell, but I, I, personally, I, I obviously get where you're coming from. I think like his tenure at Aberdeen was a bit of a failure, but I just think we could have got a bit more out of him if we played him in like, his natural position. But, you know, oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. That's a, it's all right, mate, it's all right. So, um, <laughs> so moving on, um, Matt, it was a big game Wednesday night. Obviously, Ibrox, Rangers versus Hibs, and that was a must-win game. And we won the game 2-1. Um, but first half, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I thought the first half, I thought we were quite... I thought we started the, the game quite well. I thought we looked better than we did against Aberdeen. We just kind of dropped off. Um, and then obviously we gave away a, a silly free kick. And they also scored from it. Yeah, see, from my vantage point at the time, I actually thought it was a foul on Al McGregor. But it, 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 it just turns out, though, it was a, a really bad mistake for him, McGregor. And another thing as well that I, like, I thought uh, like at half-time, I was like, here, see if that was like a foul on McGregor. If McGregor felt as though it was a foul, do you find well no McGregor would have been fuming? <laughs> so the fact McGregor wasn't ranting and raving, uh, I, like, that's what made me think, right, I, that, I think that was just a mistake for him. Yeah, though, I, I'd have to get like, obviously... Um, Rangers TV, Tom Miller, and he thought it was a film, and a lot of Rangers fans thought it was a film. Yes, it could have easily been given a lot, a lot of keepers to get protected, but um, I, I thought after it would have been quite soft, I'm going to be quite honest, I thought it would have been soft if it was. I'd always been happy if it was given as a, as a film as a Rangers fan, but I think it would, would have been quite soft. And like you said, Alan McGregor's reaction says it all. He should have came out for that, he should have just stayed where he was, probably would have saved it. And see, first half, in my opinion, mate, I thought it was more the same from Saturday against Aberdeen. Um, but it was just, I felt as though we were quite sloppy. Um, it, we were, like, we were at times struggling to break um, Hibs down. And I was, I mean, they took the lead. I was like, don't tell me this is going to be a repeat from like Saturday where we drop points. But Edmondson pops up right before half time, scores a goal, and that was an absolute lifesaver for us, mate. Because see if Edmondson never got that goal, I think we would have dropped points. No, I, I definitely think so. I think that was a, a key part. Not in just not in just in that, in that game, but the whole season. Um, but from Edmondson, it was a great finish from the big man. I think it was his weaker foot as well. Nice, beautiful um, finish into the bottom corner. But that was definitely the turning point in the game. I think the second half, we kind of kicked on from there. Obviously, it was hard to break down, but I thought, thought we were much better second half. Yeah. Was, uh, you see, that, um, that. oh yeah, definitely. I mean, see, second half, we were... Uh, outstanding we were much improved um, the, the tempo the intensity of our uh, play was fantastic there was lots of uh, waves of relentless attacks and like Hibs were they were really under pressure and uh, the second half we're back to our old ways uh, just like we were back to the Rangers before the winter break and that second half is easily the best we've played in 2020 uh, no, absolutely. I think if you look at the games 2020, I'd have to agree with that. Um, I thought Hadji played absolutely brilliant. He got man in the match and quite deservedly so. Um, he, he was always available for the ball. He was always, like, he was always like, making himself feel like he wanted the ball to him and he wanted to make things happen. And Davis is quite guilty sometimes of passing it from side to side. Um, but Hadji always looked to make a forward pass. And um, through that, uh, he nearly got a goal. Um, he, could have, he had two chances before he got his goal. Um, the first one, I think he played a wee one two at the edge of the box and got a shot away, which could have been given as a handball, but I think it would have been harsh. And obviously, he had the volley, which was just inches wide. But I thought he is a real difference maker in this Rangers team at the moment. 
No, definitely. I thought Hadji was sensational, mate. And it's hard to actually figure out, like, what foot he is. Like, because he's so naturally gifted with both feet. And, like, his goal was well, mate. It was sensational. No, it was absolutely brilliant. Like, um, Gerard was... Sorry, we had a wee issue there. Um, Matt, what were you saying? No, so I was basically saying, obviously, Gerard was saying for... Seen uh, in his interview afterwards that he was seen for a touch, then take a touch, take a touch. But obviously, Hadji took it first time, and it was an excellent finish uh, into the, the bottom, the bottom of the net. Um, I think that was like, I think if that was like Arfield or someone like that, I'd have went over or went away or something. But Hadji has that natural ability, and it just a cool, calm, clicky finish into the into the bottom of the net. And you were saying what a foot he is. I think he's right footed. But he's like he's so comfortable in both. He, he, like he's, you see, right footed with kind of quotation marks. He's he's so naturally gifted in both. Mhm. Definitely. And like that was a fantastic result on Wednesday night. And I have to say, Morelos looked back to his usual self. He looked back to his uh, usual self, which is really good to see. He was like he was holding the ball up really well. He was creating chances. Uh, uh, that hunger, and that tenacity, fire was back. Like and recently, he's formed like since. Uh, like we went into 2020 the games he's played he's not really done a whole lot but I'm not going to criticise Alfie too much um, but I think uh, Wednesday night um, after that we'll kick on now because that was that, that was so essential that we won that game because if we had dropped points mate it would have been very diff- difficult for us to win the league no definitely I think he's his first game back was the Aberdeen game and obviously his second game back was against Hibs and I thought he was very unlucky not to get a goal towards the end um, I thought Martial made a very good save to, to deny Morelos but like I said he's getting back to his old self bullying defenders creating chances um, and I think it won't be long before he, he gets back scoring again um, but you can tell we've, we've missed him and his movement and his play up front and what, what he brings to the team so it's good to have him back and like I said it won't, won't be long until he gets his goal back Oh, 100%. And I have to say, mate, another shocking refereeing display. Bobby Madden had an absolute nightmare. Ryan Kent um, should have had a penalty in the first half. Paul Hamlin clearly took him out in the box. How Madden never gave that was beyond me. Yeah, it was a clear clear penalty for me, I think. He obviously... It's like he, he, he took Kent right out. Um... Yeah, if that was anywhere in the pitch, I think Bob Madden would have gave it, but I just think, I don't know for a reason, he didn't give it. And it's an absolute clear fill, and arguably a, a yellow card. Maybe, I'm not going to say red, because the defenders are but definitely a yellow and a penalty. No, uh, yeah, 100%. Also, yeah, and also, um, towards the end of the game, Stevenson dragged Morelos down to the ground. Literally, like it was honestly, mate. You would see that's something you would see in like WWE. Like I'm not even joking. I know, I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, that is something you can see in WWE, right? And Stevenson didn't even get booked for that. And you're like, what? What game are you watching, mate? And then Stevenson got booked like uh, later on in the game. Well, it was like come towards the end of the game, but Stevenson got booked a few minutes later. But how Stevenson never got booked for that was, oh, mate, it was disgraceful. It was like. Like you said, it was like something about wrestling, like, and then we went up, up to both players and talked to both players, like, why did you talk to Borellis? He's the one that's been back out here. Um, that was a very, very strange decision. And do what she do, we should put in the score, score Twitter, which what was the worst right frame performance, Dallas against Aberdeen, or Bavo Madden against Hibs, you know? So, like, honestly, the, the level of referee in this country is absolutely getting to the point where it's actually, um, we say embarrassing before, but I'm genuinely embarrassed by the level of referee in this country. Bobby Madden is like they're all, they're all just as bad as each other at this point. Like like you said, he got yellow carded um, later on, but he should have been sent off for that initial uh, wrestle on Morelis and then the the foul later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely agree, mate. You're spot on. And uh, it, you, as I alluded to earlier on about James Tavenier, it was so great to see him back in the team, mate. And like one thing I love about Tavenier is. He he sets in the, he leads by example in a sense, right? I do have my I still do have my reservations about him as a captain, right? But he does lead by example in the sense of he's always there wanting the ball. He's never hiding. He's uh, and just going down that right hand side, mate. He is so fantastic. Oh, uh, he really is. And 
just, just the fact that Hadji's like came into the team now, like Hadji, oh mate, like nothing phases that guy. I don't. I think he'll fit in tremendously well at Rangers. No, definitely. Uh, I just want to touch on Tav very quickly. Like, you said you had a bit of roast about being captain for a good while, so did I. But for the last few months, uh, or even ever, ever, ever since Jerns came in, I would say I'm fully on board with Tav being captain. Uh, but yeah, going, back, going back to Hadri, I think he, he's fit in very well to the Rangers team. He'll add a bit of that X factor up towards the top of the pitch. And we've been trying out, me, you, every Rangers fan, we've been trying out for that creative number 10. We're going to be missing. Davis came in, kind of done that job, but he sits a bit deeper. But Hadji, he is that number 10 we've been trying out for. He, I don't see what we mean by this. For sure, we pounds. That's the ludicrous lot to do it. Um, so he'll hopefully be grow and grow as a Rangers player and um, yeah he's absolutely fantastic oh 100% mate so, but before we head off <laughs> we need to speak about Michael Stewart who's been in the news this week uh, for his rant on BBC Sports Sound which was very bizarre in my opinion um, he was saying that there was no evidence of Morelos receiving racist abuse when there clearly is that the fact that two Aberdeen fans have been charged with racially abusing Alfredo Morelos. He went on this really strange, bitter rant about James Trainer, the Rangers uh, PR manager. Um, and BBC have pulled Michael Stewart from all their sports uh, programmes for his rant. Um, what did you make of Michael Stewart's um, quite disgraceful comments, in my opinion? Yeah, no, I thought, obviously, we've kind of said in the past we're not big fans of Michael, but I think that was kind of more. Chucking, eh, turning cheek, sorry. But um, now, de- now he's just been over the line for me. I think his comments were absolutely over the line. And what he was saying about Morelis' car and all that as well was just, it was just it was so, it's bag out. And uh, quite rightfully, BBC, for once in their life, actually done the right thing. Um, and I don't, hopefully, I don't think he should be back as a pundit in any capacity based on this. People may be saying, oh, that's a bit harsh, not Honestly, the guy's an absolute clown. And um, it's just it's just pathetic what we're saying, honestly. Yeah, see when I was listening to Michael talk on Sports Sound, he, he like can like hear the the hatred in his voice, and like it was BBC made the right call by obviously axing him from all these uh, Sports Sound uh, Sports Sound and Sports Scene uh, shows, um, and the fact he was saying that James Trainer leaked the. Morelos story to the press when there's no evidence of that whatsoever right he, he was saying that James Trainer leaked it to deflect um, for uh, no sorry no, I take that back I made a mistake there he, Michael Stewart actually said Morelos's interview was done to deflect from the whole car tampering thing which is yeah. utterly baffling like how he can say something like that Morelos is a young immigrant worker here right in our country and Morelos said, yes, I feel as though I'm victimised, I feel as though I, I, I've re- received racial abuse. And Michael Stewart is saying, where's the evidence? That is appalling. What a disgraceful, shocking thing to say. It is, it's absolutely, it's disgusting, like you say. It's, obviously, the interview from Sky Sports it has been found out that what Morales was saying wasn't, what the original interview, what the translation was, was what he's actually saying, but that's it with Morelis, that's it with Rangers. And if if Morelis was racially abused, the thing he's, what Michael's saying is absolutely, like you say, disgusting. And, um, no, I think I think Michael's just, I think he let us say, he's went too far this time. And what he said, he, was, he said the Daily Record, he seen it on the Daily Record, where he's saying the Daily Record were tipped off or something along those lines about what was happening. The Daily Record said no, no sort of thing, and he actually came out. I think it was today or yesterday, basically saying no, we didn't say sort of thing. Michael was basically talking to his arse. Yeah, he's talking about another newspaper. Um, he's he made an absolute embarrassment of himself the last few days. Um, and I'm surprised BT you've not even uh, suspended him. Yeah, no, and it's uh, Michael Stewart as well. Before we head off, <laughs> I, I watched a wee bit that Cy Ferry. Uh, oh, yeah. car journey thing that he done uh, for open goal and honestly mate they, see that they, they just hearing him talk annoys me <laughs> it does and the guy's very delusional he was saying that yeah I would love to be first minister one day and you're like Michael you're a failed politician right you're a failed trialist 
and you're a failed pundit. That's what you are. Exactly. And if he was to be first minister, he'd say things like, oh, where's the evidence of racial abuse? If he was or wasn't, that's besides the point. You can't, if you want to be first minister, you can't be saying things like that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And I think Michael Shooting is a, a stupid, bloody nationalist person. Nationalism can be dangerous. I'm not great. Yeah, because the guy has an agenda and he uses his agenda to like on these big platforms like the BBC, the BT, etc., to like fuel that. And he has a target audience and he likes feeding his target audience all this utter nonsense. So, Matt. A pleasure as always, and uh, until next time, big man, enjoy Love Island tonight, and we'll see you soon.